I'm Nancy Showalter, and you're listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome, all radical paradigm shifters and creative change makers. You who dare to create a better life and a better world, tap into the power that resides within you and use that power for constructive change. Hello and welcome to today's episode where we're going to talk about the Bhagavad Gita, which is generally referred to as the Gita or the Song of God. It's originally written in Sanskrit and it's a 700 verse Hindu scripture. Now the story, the narrative and the the whole framework of it is a, a dialogue between Prince Arjuna and his guide and charioteer, Krishna, a a divine deity. And the story begins uh, right before what is called the righteous war between the Pandavas and the Kauravas. Now, Arjuna, who is a warrior, is filled with a moral dilemma and even despair about the violence and the death the war will cause in this battle because There are people on the other side that is part of his family. And he wonders what he should do in this entire situation. Well, Krishna counsels Arjuna to fulfill his warrior duty to uphold the Dharma through selfless action. And the Krishna-Arjuna dialogues cover really a broad range of spiritual topics, and it touches upon ethical dilemmas, the philosophical issues that go far beyond the war that Arjuna is facing. But this is the setting and the text of the Bhagavad Gita. I want to begin with a verse from the Gita and some commentary by Swami Mukundananda. The verse reads, In the beginning of creation, Brahma created humankind along with duties and said, Prosper in the performance of these yajnas, which are sacrifices, for they shall bestow upon you all you wish to achieve. And the yogi gives a commentary where he talks about how all the elements of nature are integral parts of the system of God's creation, which of course includes man. He gives a really nice example of how we are connected to the divine. He said, consider the example of a hand, that your hand is really an integral part of your body. It receives nourishment, including blood or oxygen, nutrients, and all those things from the body. And in turn, it performs necessary functions for the body. So, If the hand should look on this service as burdensome and decides, hey, I'm just going to get severed from the body, well, it can't sustain itself for even a few minutes. So it's in the performance of its yajna toward the body that the self-interest of the hand is also fulfilled. So similarly, we as individual souls are tiny parts of the supreme soul. We all have our role to play in the grand scheme of things. 
And when we perform our yajna toward him, our self-interest is naturally satiated. So saying in terms that I have used on the podcast, basically that our soul is connected to the I am presence, that part of God within us. And it's a beautiful analogy to see. I love the analogy of the hand being nourished from the body and, and the hand doesn't, can't sustain itself without the body. But together, they're an integral part of the whole. So it's quite beautiful, that commentary. So uh, yagna, which is another term used for this, it's a uh, Vedic, that means a Vedic word, that means a practice that's related or connected to the Vedas. And the, the ritual came into existence around 1500 to 1200 BC, although these dates are debated, but that's not really a significant part of what we need to know. The purpose of the yagna ritual was to bring ancient yogis into direct contact with the source of the universe by connecting them with the elements, the underlying forces of creation itself. And one of the most important ingredients was to sacrifice something meaningful into the fire. Now the ancient yogis began by building an altar of bricks. They made it from soil with logs and kindle and they started fire, fueled it with ghee, which is clarified butter, and they chanted sacred verses from the Vedas. And these yagnas lasted sometimes for days on end and were performed for the welfare of the society, the power to the country, or for peace on earth. So how is this relevant to us today? Well, you could perform yagnas in your own personal way, because it's an activity of the soul, and a person gains the fruits of his karmas through his or her sacrifices. I'm going to go through a few steps if you would choose to perform this ritual on your own. And I'm taking these steps from Saisha, who's a Solistic Life Coach. She outlines these steps. So keep in mind that each soul has an inner fire, which is a reflection of the cosmic fire, as above, so below. Or we would say that threefold flame within your heart is that spark of life from your I Am Presence. Now she says that tending to our inner fire requires consciousness, concentration, perseverance, and a sense of purpose. When we neglect our inner fire, our passions and purposes go haywire because of fire's destructive properties. But when tended carefully, fire provides focus for our purpose, destroys our inner impurities, and increases our intelligence. So you can perform your own mini ritual of yagna at home. Here are the steps. First you prepare. Very important step number one is set your intention. And this is very important for a yagna to be successful. You want to spend time to recognize what you need to let go of. And that's your sacrificial offering. So what self-limiting thoughts or beliefs are you clinging to the need to release so you can gain clarity on your purpose? It could be anything that you feel you want to let go of. That's your sacrifice. 
Then you choose an affirmation or mantra that relates to your intention and you're going to recite this at your yagna. Then pick out a clay pot. This could be just like a flower pot, but without a hole though. So it represents the earth and it holds the fire or the flame. And you're literally going to have a flame. So you put a cotton wick in the pot that's long enough to touch the bottom, but also goes over the top of the side so that you know it's uh, able to burn. And you keep that flame lit. Collect fuel for the fire. They recommend use ghee, which is the purest you can find, or camphor, or matchsticks. Now the recommendations for performing it are finding a quiet time in your day. First thing after your morning shower is a good idea because your mind's clear, your body's clear. You could do it right there in the morning. So you set your clay pot in your sacred space and make sure it's clean and all. And the ghee or your chosen fuel to the clay pot with a wick. So you put that fuel in the bottom of the clay pot with the wick out hanging over the side but reaching that oil and then you light it. But first you close your eyes and reaffirm your intention. Then you open your eyes when you're ready and you light the flame. So you gaze into this fire, you repeat your affirmation 11 times or you can do it 21 times, 108 or 1008. These are considered sacred numbers in the Hindu tradition. Now each time you repeat your chant, add a matchstick or a tiny piece of camphor to the flame, offering away your thoughts and beliefs that are holding you back. And then at the end, before you get up from the yagna, reaffirm your intention and purpose. So you begin by setting that intention and purpose and you end with that intention and purpose. Now some pointers. Yagnas are not meant to be extinguished, so you let that fire go out on its own. And if you don't have enough time to wait for it, then just start with only a small amount of oil in the pot. If the flame looks like it's going out before you're done, then just add a little more oil to the pot. Gazing into a fire or flame can really be almost mesmerizing and it does put you in a meditative state. So use the power of fire to drive your inner fire towards its purpose. If you've never meditated on a candle or a flame in a fireplace, it's a magnificent experience and I'd recommend try it. And you can perform a yagna as an everyday ritual or say once a year or whenever you want to begin a new adventure or to give more clarity to the direction of what your current journey is all about. Think about it. What are the limiting thought patterns or beliefs that you want to release? Have you practiced a yagna ritual? So think about it. It would be great for you to experience it and see what comes out of it for you. I love the Bhagavad Gita. It's very uh, amazing to read, and you can find a number of different translations. So I'd highly recommend that you try this yagna and see how it works for you. And you'll be sharing in the Hindu traditions. I will see you next week. Until then, 
Keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, download, and comment. I'd love to hear from you, and your support is much appreciated. And don't forget, go to nancyshowalter.com to get your free electronic copy of my book, It's Okay to Be Rich, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Increased Wealth and Personal Mastery, endorsed by T. Harv Ecker. And my free mini course, How to Speak Your Success, The Shocking Truth of How Your Words Impact Achieving Your Goals. I'll see you next week.